Welcome to the Joy Christian Center podcast. We are a family church teaching people to reach their world. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning. Praise God. Good to see all of you this morning. Good to have you with us today. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time. I know that Pastor John just prayed, but I just want to pray one more time. Is that all right? Maybe we'll just pray the whole time. Well, we won't do that because I have things I want to say this morning. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this amazing congregation. I thank you, Father, for the heart that is in this place. I thank you that over 30 years ago when we began as a family church teaching people to reach their world, we didn't know what we would become. But, Father, I thank you for what we see today. And, Father, I thank you that in this house this morning, in this place today, that your anointing reigns, that your power reigns. I thank you, Father, that the enemy has no play. He has no plan. He has no ability to thwart or to stop. Anything that you are doing, it is for your purpose and your glory, Father, that we exist as a people. And so, Father, I thank you that you will take that which we say and is heard today throughout this entire building and produce joy in our hearts and in our lives. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you'll cause us to be a light throughout central Minnesota. And I thank you, Father, that your grace will be sufficient for every task and everything that has to happen. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for doing that with me and joining me in that prayer. Uh, I want to say thank you to Pastor John once again. Pastor John preached last Sunday. He did a, he did a, it was I ate, right? No, he did a good job. He did a good job. Shelly and I, along with Pastor Steph and Andrew, were down in the Dominican Republic, uh, and uh, uh, you all look really, really pale um, compared to Shelly and I, and I thought maybe some of you were sick, and but you're not, and you're just Minnesotans, and so we did catch a little bit of sun, had a great time, and uh, appreciate Pastor John taking Sunday and everybody doing what everything, doing everything that needed to be done to make sure that we had church last week and ready to go again this morning. So thank you and thank you to all of you that do what you do and thank you for being here this morning. Those of you online, thank you as well. Uh, I have a lot of things that I want. I have about 30 some years of stuff that I would like to share with you this morning and I want to try to get it in around 30 minutes or so. Uh, I am taking one of these Sundays that I count extremely precious when I get to speak to you or or when we, pre- we prepare services and teaching things for you to uh, engage in and be taught and hopefully be spiritually, spiritually nourished by. But I want to take one of these Sundays just to kind of talk with you, to share with you some thoughts on my heart. Um, and and I, I do this, we've done this several years in a row now, of just uh, a kind of... I, I sometimes call it the state of the church address sort of a thing, if you're familiar with the state of the union. Um, just an opportunity to be able to share with you some things that are on my heart, uh, give you a 30,000-foot view, perhaps, of some of the why behind the what. That's always really, really important to me. Um, this church, uh, you know, we, we've, we've got some purpose and some goals, some vision, some things that we want to see happen uh, as a result of this congregation, you and I, in central Minnesota. And, um, and so there's some things that I just want to share with you today. And um, I, I thought about this, and this is probably the most difficult service for me to do. I don't enjoy a lot of times the what we call seasonal services, Christmas and New Year and St. Patrick's Day and Valentine's Day. No, uh, we, I, those, those, because I always kind of say, you know, what do you tell people who think they know everything about Jesus being born of a virgin or Jesus dying on a cross? And, and those are sometimes difficult to do. Um, but this one is more difficult because it's very, very personal to me. Uh, it, 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 it is something, it is me, it is, it is my life. Uh, uh, as a pastor of this church for having started it 30, 
however many years ago now, I don't really feel like doing math right now, I'm just coming off vacation. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we started in 1991, and that was be like, what, 33 years now, right? Thank you. All right. I went to tech high school, so my math is not always as great as it, as it should be. So anyway, uh, so, so over 30 years of life, and there have been a lot of different things over the course of 30 years that have shaped this church, that has shaped me, uh, and, and God has done some really, really wonderful things. And, and I would venture to guess that there are, in fact, I know that there are many of you who were, I should say many, but because there weren't many, but <laughs> that, that were in those initial stages at, at, at North Junior High School that are still here in this congregation. And, and uh, those of you that were a part of those early days back at North Junior High uh, and then moving into the building that over there, um, which is now uh, the kids' area and youth area, um, that's where we began church and, and, uh, and then building this building. And so there have been a lot, of, a lot of steps in this journey of Joy Christian Center. And so for me to skip some of those important things are, are hard for me to do. But I think, uh, in fact, I know that for some of you, you could care less what happened 30 years ago because you weren't even born yet, you know, kind of a thing. And so uh, to try to keep it relevant to you. And so there are some things that I want to share with you and uh, that I think are relevant. They're important for all of us. Again, some of the why behind the what. And I want to start with a thought from uh, the book of Joshua. But before I do that, um, I, I know that many of you are Facebook people. I, 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 doom scroll from time to time on Facebook and I you know I used to keep up with my kids on Facebook but they've gravitated to other stuff now and, and um, how many of you have ever seen the memories that pop up picture from 10 years ago or whatever you know and they pop up and how many of you are ever caught by surprise when you see those like oh man I looked like that 10 years ago or, or you know 15 where'd that guy go you know hey, he had hair all of those things you know and so uh, that's a little bit of what I'm kind of experiencing you know it doesn't seem like you do a lot in a year, but then when you start to th sit down and think about it, you start to look at it, you start to express some different things, and you get around other people, and oh yeah, that's right. And so those are some of the things that I want to share with you, but I want to start with Joshua chapter 4, and I think that it, it's, it's, it's really important. Um, a person said a long time ago, actually Jesus said it like this, uh, uh, these signs will follow them that believe. There would be signs that would follow the people that believe. And a, a person one time said that you can only connect the dots by looking backwards. Dots uh, going forward, the dots that eventually become important anchors of your life, um, those dots don't make sense going forward. But then when you kind of look and it's like, oh, I now see some of the steps. I see some of the reasons that I'm here now. And you connect the dots. The dots can only be connected looking backwards. And that's a little bit of what I experience when I prepare a service like this. But I'm not looking back a year. I'm looking back 30 years and understanding some things that now... Uh, are why we went through some things 30, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and, and have shaped us and made us today. In Joshua chapter 4 and verse 20, it says there was, it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? What do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, because you, Josh, Joshua, and you, you guys had a 
firsthand experience of each one of these stones. You understood exactly what they meant. So when your kids ask you the meaning of it, that you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. That was a momentous experience in Israel's existence. It was them entering and possessing the promised land, the promises that God had given to the nation of Israel. And so I said, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until you were all across just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until all until we had all crossed over um, I've lost it on my notes he did this all uh, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until he had, we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. God does some things for us. He does some things for you and for me individually, but the we is always more, is, is more prevalent and more powerful. And God says, I've done this for you, but I want it to not just end with you. I want it to be a testimony and a witness to the nations of the world that your God is a great God, that your God is alive and that your God has all power, that there is nothing that is impossible to your God. And that's what those stones represented. And he said, in generations to come, people are going to wonder, why is that? pile of rocks there. Maybe we should move those rocks. And it's a reminder of what God has done. And a lot of times when we look back at our life or we look back or I look back at this church and I look back at some of the different things that went on for me, um, um, it, it becomes something really, really powerful. And it's times it's like, man, I, I forgot about that. And we sat around the table uh, upstairs, this pastoral staff, and I just said, you know, what are some highlights from this last year? And we just went around. What are some different things? And as we shared different things, just even from the last year, Pastor Tim was talking about the No Regrets Men's Conference and some of the baptisms and the testimonies and the stories. Pastor John was talking about the trauma bags that we handed out last January um, that were... St. Cloud and uh, the police and different uh, organizations that help families in trauma. We, we had 140 bags that we uh, uh, handed out and, and were able to give and, and our great interns that, that uh, we have. Uh, uh, Mr. Weeks over there nodding his head in total agreement because he's one of them. And then Lily over here, uh, our interns. And that's been a, a wonderful time. Pastor Tommy mentioned uh, some of the youth stuff that they did. One of his highlights for the year was when he did, uh, the teens did... Um, uh, youth Sunday, and then they all went to the skating place and roller skated and watched people fall down. He said that was a highlight for him, uh, watching people fall. And so, no, not really. <laughs> uh, uh, but but uh, and then Pastor Steph mentioned uh, some of the uh, things that the kids did, ministering in different churches. Uh, uh, our, our children's ministry team uh, did a did all of the children's ministry for the. Raymond Ministerial Alumni International Association International. It's a regional event. It was down uh, in uh, southern Minnesota, five states that came together and did all the children's ministry for that. And then uh, Davey was talking about uh, the Christmas Eve service, and uh, he's created a green room upstairs. Um, it's brown. Which anyway, uh, just a, it's a it's a place for them to come together and pray. So a lot of great things that happened, and and it's kind of fun to just look back and think about some of those things. And and I was thinking, you know, of some of my highlights for the last year. One was just you know with Davy and Megan coming and joining us on staff. And and I don't know that I, yeah exactly. Amen. Come, um, you know, I I I kind of feel like 
for them, for Davey, it's, it's not easy to just jump into a team that's been together for a long time. And everybody else knows the lingo. They know the people. They know the who, the what, the why. And everything's brand new. And so that's a difficult, difficult thing. And I appreciate the way he's embraced not just worship, but the entire tech area and, and everything. Been a great addition to our staff. And so I'm really thankful for that. That was one thing that, that for me is a highlight just personally. And then uh, if, you, if you have this, you should have this, but take a look at it. Um, the word here became very, very important to me. And I, I had started, I preached something even a, a year and a half or two years ago, a year and a half before this series of here. But um, I, I preached something, I thought this would be good for the congregation, be good just, but I, I didn't realize how important that it would be for me. It became so important that really the first four series of the year had and revolved around this idea of here, H-E-R-E, that here is the best place that you could ever be. I don't mean geographically at Joy Christian Center, but I just mean that where you are in life, because we spend, how many of you know we spend a lot of our life trying to get somewhere else? We want to have a better place to live. We want to be skinnier. We want to be in better shape. We want to have more money. We want to have a better job. We want to have better relationships. I'm not satisfied with here. And much of our life, much of the advertising around us is, is related to trying to get somewhere else. But God, and, and it comes over to the Christian life, and we, you know, faith moves mountains, and, and we're believing God for, for more. We're believing God for something different. And yet we need to realize that here where I am right now is the only place that God is. God is not waiting for you to become something else before he's going to love you. He's not waiting for you to become something else before he's going to speak to you. He's not waiting for you to become something else or someone else until he's going to bless you. He is here where you are right now is God's place of blessing. Here where you are right now is where God is going to speak to you. Here where you are right now is holy ground because God is here. And we spent the four, first four series talking about all of those things about here. And I thought it would be great for you, but it was so important for me for where I was at that moment to embrace this moment and understanding that when I put the cross, a T, with the word here, eventually I get there. It is what Jesus did for me that brings me to this place that God wants me to be at ultimately. And that's my hope and desire for this church and my hope and desire for you. And, and so uh, just a little highlight. And, and when Susan put this together for us, she's our graphic designer. And it was like, uh, honestly, there were a couple of us like, wait, we did that? I don't even remember that, you know. And then I see Love Quotient down here. That was what we were going to talk about. And then we ended up uh, talking about, you know, why Israel and all the things that were going on in the fall last year. Do, I remember, do you remember these words? Don't panic! That's a good word for today, too. Don't panic. God's got this under control. And when I look backwards, that's, what, that's, what, that's really something that helps me. Is that, you know, in all of the years that we've been here as a church and all the things that have gone on, God has been so gracious. He's been so good. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to fret. God has never failed us. God has always been with us every step of the way. And that's something that, that I think that God, when he instructed them to put, put those pile of stones there so that when the people ask you, what, what, why is this pile of rocks here? It is a measure of God's faithfulness. It is a sign that God is always faithful. Even when it seems like he's not going to show up, even when it seems like it's not going to work, we sang the song about Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, a Hebrew name for God, that God is more than enough. He is able to supply every single need. How many of you can say amen to that. 
He is more than enough for whatever it is that you, he is more, more than enough for where you are right now, right here with whatever's going on in your life. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so this idea of, of some of the things, and so this little pamphlet was put together just to kind of help you a, a little bit to understand. And so if you're a visitor or a guest here, this is one of your first Sundays here at Joy, please give us a couple more chances. Because I don't have a normal message for you. This is either going to be the most boring service for you or maybe one of the most important for you because I want to give you some why behind the what. I feel that it is so important for you to understand some of the why uh, that makes us who we are as a church, that, that helps you to understand some of the heart of, of, of really who we are, what we do, all of those kinds of things. As I mentioned, it's not always the easiest service for me to kind of work through because of all of the things that that I feel at a moment like this. And so I, 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 as, a, as an attempt to help you understand some things, I want to, as I said many times already this morning, share these thoughts with you. And um, I know that for some of you it won't be enough. For some of you it's too much. Um, and, and, and for some of you, uh, uh, I'm sensitive to a lot of things that I've heard over the years. But I feel as an issue of, of transparency, just an issue of, of helping you to know and understand where we are as a church, there are certain things I should share with you at least once a year. One of those things is our finances. I want to just talk to you very quickly some numbers in review. Not going to do a deep dive into these and, and uh, understand I like round numbers. All right. I like round numbers. You, you will have the full number uh, on the screen, but I'm only going to use round numbers because that's just, I'm a well-rounded person. And so uh, some numbers in review, uh, our total income for the year of 2023, our, this was tithes and offering, general offering, just under $900,000. Again, that's general offering. That is non-designated giving. We had another $102,000 that came in as a result of, of, of either designated giving or just additional income that came in for a total of just over a million dollars that came in the Joy Christian Center last year through your generosity, through your giving. Now, that's pretty good. The not so good part is that we spent $1,006,000, meaning that we were about $5,300 over budget last year in our spending. Some of that, uh, I'll tell you, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember last winter, we spent a lot of money on utilities. We spent a lot of money on keeping this, the, the parking lot uh, plowed. We are so thankful. Pastor John told me the snowiest month of our winter was October. I like this winter. In fact, the most disappointing thing of being on vacation last week was that it was like 40 and 50 here in Minnesota. It's like best time. I mean, we want to, you know, we want to. I want to be where it's 80 degrees when it's 20 below here, not when it's 50 and it's unusually unseasonably warm weather. And so that was some of it. There were some, some unexpected repairs that we had to make. So we spent a little bit more uh, uh, than what we took in last year. It was um, unfortunate that that happened, but it happens. He's Jehovah Jireh. God provided. We made it through. And you know what? We didn't have to turn off the heat uh, and all of those other things. Uh, how that breaks down in our percentages of expenses, 39% um, of, of, of that million dollars went to what we call ministry and outreach. Uh, that is what it takes to provide salaries, staff sal some staff salaries, um, children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, expenses uh, for insurances. Uh, man, insurance is just a huge cost for us as a church as it really Relates to employees, uh, their equipment that, that is necessary uh, in, in all of the ministry areas. I call it the, the, the ministry and outreach area is the areas that make this church go. 
if we didn't have a Pastor Tommy, it would be very difficult to have a youth ministry. If we didn't have a Pastor Steph, it would be very difficult for us to have a children's ministry. We could have one, but we wouldn't have one to the degree that we have it. And I'm so thankful that we can do that. And it's, it's I think, so important. And so that the ministry and outreach, 39% make the church go. Our administrative costs, about 35% of our total income. Uh, I call that the, the part that keeps everything in order. It brings order to the going. It brings order and structure. And so in that admin number, there are some uh, salaries. There are some other uh, insurance costs, building, uh, I'm sorry, equipment costs as it relates to administrating the vision of Joy Christian Center. And then lastly, building and maintenance makes up about 26% of our budget or of that salary or that budget amount, uh, amount, and so that is our building payment, that is our insurance, uh, some general upkeep on the building, repairing and fixing the building, things like that. And then lastly, we have $371,000 cash on hand. Now, I share, and, and that $371,000, some of that is a buffer. We think it's important that we have a certain amount of money just on reserve in case. Uh, some of that is uh, designated giving that is designated for different areas. And then some of that is just general operating expenses that we use or, or need to, particularly if they're, again, our repairs or just something blows up or whatever it might be. I share those numbers with you for a couple of reasons. And I know maybe and it's if you have further questions about that, you can... Contact Brad Messner. He's our bean counter and uh, does a great job with that. You can ask him whatever you want to. Uh, we might ask you how involved you are uh, before we answer some questions because, you know, if people want to rock a boat, I always say, I don't care if you rock the boat, just help me row it once in a while. And, uh, and so, um, you know, and so, uh, but if you want to know more, ask Brad. He can give you more information. Uh, I want to say thank you for your generosity. Um, it's important, and, and uh, I'll talk a little little bit more about it in a moment, but just how we operate as a church. And uh, it is us. It's you and me. We're the ones that make this church go. We're the ones that keep this church organized. There's not a, there's not a denomination that is backing us. There's not a few rich people that are backing us. us. It is you and me doing what we can, what we can possibly do. I want to share one more thing. And, and in this season of ministry that we are in at Joy Christian Center, Five Stones, you've, many of you have heard about that. Five Stones is, is some of our guiding principles for this season of ministry that we're at. One of those five stones is that we want to raise a million dollars for two reasons. One is to uh, eliminate our debt, and then secondly, to uh, uh, take care of some, some really big ticket items that need to happen, as well as funding some of the other areas of the Five Stone ministry. Um, I was looking back at my notes, and, and in 2000, 2018, and I've made this statement ever since we built this building. We borrowed over two million, or right under two million dollars, to build this building. And um, at that moment, my prayer was, Heavenly Father, I, I, I believe you. I trust that you will help us to be debt free. We will pay this off before we need to pay this off or before uh, we are not going to spend all that money on interest. And, and, and in 2018, I made this statement, my prayers for Joy Christian Center to be debt-free. At that, at that point in time, we had $1.2 million uh, of debt. And our debt is just this construction phase that we went through. Um, 
when we began Five Stones a couple of years ago, uh, that prayer of eliminating debt was $750,000. And so um, go ahead and put that next one up there. And, and so in, in December of 2021, our debt was just under $750,000. December of 22 was four, just under $500,000. Uh, just in December um, was $296,000, just under $300,000. And we paid off, 400, at that point, we paid off $449,000. And right now, our, our balance, remaining balance is $227,000. Praise God. Now, <laughs> you're excited. I'm really excited. Because we've been, I've been asking God for that. I've been praying and, and just believing God. And Shelly and I have been sowing. We've been giving. We believe that if we help build God's house, God will help us build our house. And, and um, I've said this many times. I will say it again, that eliminating debt is a game changer for our church. Uh, it's about $11,000, just over $11,000 a month that we are paying. Um, and so we've paid off a significant portion. We are going to be debt-free by the end of this year. We are going to be debt-free by the end of this year. Um, and so my hope is uh, that we could do this in June. By June, have this building paid off. Uh, July is our, will be our 34th anniversary. I think it would be great to just celebrate that with, uh, we'd probably do it in the fall as far as burning a mortgage, and I don't know if churches still do that, but we're going to do it. And, uh, um, and so we're just going to, we are going to rejoice when that, we're just going to have a party. And I've decided that first month payment, building payment that we won't have to make, we're going to give that. We're just going to sow it into other churches, other ministries. We're going to be a blessing. And, uh, uh, and, and I'm excited about that. And I want to thank you again for your generosity but I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you just agree with me in prayer? Agree with me. Every time that you pray, every time you give an offering, every time that you think about it, if you're doing first 15, whenever it might be, when you think about this church, maybe when you walk through the doors, join me in saying, Heavenly Father, I thank you that, that this building is debt-free, that, that this church is debt-free, this building is paid for, that we are on our way to raising a million dollars. Just agree with me. Just continue to make that a part of your prayer. It's going to happen this year. I'm so excited about that. And so that's just a little bit of some financial stuff. Let me give you a little bit more details. Uh, you've been so, so patient and just like, you know, okay, let Pastor Brian drone on. I don't really care. And so uh, hopefully this may, maybe will excite you just a little bit more uh, this morning. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. My heart is for, to help you understand us. And I know a lot of you have been here for a long, long time. Others of you, this is your first time and hopefully not your last time. Proverbs 29 18 says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. We have heard, uh, maybe you've heard it this way, that, that um, without a vision, the people perish, or without a vision, the people will stumble, or they will go astray. Well, here it says, if people can't see what God is doing, and, and for me, that's a filter that I, I try to filter everything I do through as it relates to pastoring this church. I want you to understand what God is doing. I want you to understand what God is up to. And I, I spend a lot of time kind of putting my messages through a filter. And I'm always asking the question, what does somebody who either doesn't know anything about God or Jesus or the Bible or church, what do they think about this? Because it's really, really easy for us to approach church with a knowledge or a base that we have uh, uh, and, and think that everybody knows what we know. 
And it's one of the greatest detriments, I think, in the body of Christ is that we make assumptions that people know what we know or experience what we experience or that the way that we do church uh, is, is the only way, the right way. And, and, and then people walk into our church, well, how come you do communion so weird? Or how come you do worship? Why do you stand up? Why don't you sit down? Why don't you do the Lord's Prayer? Well, how come you don't do communion all the time? And all the different things that people uh, have over the years um, um, said to us. And it's easy for us to look at Joy Christian Center through the lens of what we experience on a Sunday. If you, have, if you have young children, your experience on a Sunday morning at Joy is way different than somebody who has, uh, who's, who's gone through the whole child raising process and, and they're coming by themselves. If you don't have children, uh, you may not even know that our children's area exists. You may not even know that, that if you don't have teenagers, you may not know that, that our, our, you know, our teens meet on Wednesday night and they're doing wonderful things there. And so we tend to look at uh, uh, our church through the filter of what we experience on a Sunday. And, and, and so part of my agenda this morning is that 30,000-foot view of helping us understand how important and how integral everything is to what God wants to accomplish. And it's when God, when we understand what God is re- revealing that we are the most blessed. That's when we're the most... And man, I have no greater desire than to, for you to be blessed by God. I, that's, I want you to be blessed by God, but it comes from understanding, uh, uh, understanding the church that you are a part of. And so when I say that we are a family church teaching people to reach their world, would you say that with me? We are a family church teaching people to reach their world. If you were to make that personal, I go to a family church that is teaching me how to reach my world. You see, you may or may not realize how important you are to your world. For some of you, you are the only light, you're the only salt, you're the only gospel that is going into your world. Your world might be a school, it might be a place of employment, you might be a boss, you might be a worker, you might be a grandma or a grandpa, you may be retired, you may be a young student, but you may be the only salt and light and life that goes into your world. Our job, our goal, our mandate, if you will, is to help you, to equip you to be able to go into that world with light and life and bring life to it where there might be death, to bring peace to it where there might be confusion. You might all want to leave now. Well, I don't want to be a part of that church. I just want to come and listen. (laughs) Well, that's good. We want you to do that. I have a dream. And, 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 oh, I didn't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> but I do have a dream. I do have a desire. I, I've said this about our church. Perhaps you've heard me say this, that we are kind of a melting pot. We have a lot of different uh, denominations or religious experiences uh, uh, represented in our congregation. If I took 20 people, uh, we'd have some Catholics, we'd have some Lutherans, we'd have some Baptists, we'd have some Assembly of God and Pentecostals and Charismatics and, and, and <clears throat> you know, uh, non-denominational people, no, denomin- no church experience. And if I took 20 of you and I said, we're going to start a church, what should that look like? You would only have your experience of what church you experienced to draw from. And so we would end up with something that looks like, you know, trying to, trying to do our favorite things from all of those different religious experiences. And that becomes, one person said that pastoring a church is like driving a car while everybody in the car is trying to grab a hold of the steering wheel and pull it in a different direction. Because we all want our favorite things. 
We all want the things that we like. We left other churches because they didn't do things, but there are certain things that we wished that would be a part of this church. And so my dream has always been to be able to pull us together. And I use this scripture from the message uh, in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, this is the message version. It says, he handed out gifts above and below. He filled heaven with his gifts. He filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet. He feels like Oprah Winfrey to me. You get a gift and you get a gift and you get a gift. (laughs) He handed out these gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, notice this, this is my dream, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other efficient and graceful in response to God's son, that I am responding to what God has done in my life individually. But then he says, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ, until all of us with our individual unique personalities, giftings, and those things, all of us together moving rhythmically and easily with each other. I will have a job for the rest of my life. Because that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And so, for this season of ministry that we are in, I like the idea, the thought of seasons. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, Peter wrote this. He said, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Peter was saying, I, I, I'm going to continue to remind you about these things. I'm going to continue to tell you about these things, even though you know them or you heard them, so that you may be established in present truth. That doesn't mean that there's different truth. What that means, I think what that means partially, is that God is emphasizing certain things at certain times. If those of you that have been here the entire existence of Joy Christian Center, you could look back at certain times that God was emphasizing different things. You might look at your life. I call them seasons of life. You may look and and in a certain season, God was maybe dealing with you in one area, emphasizing there was a truth that was present. There was a truth that God was trying to get over to you and it would seem like no matter what you did or where you went or who you talked to, it seemed like that truth was being emphasized. And to me, that's the idea of seasons, that there are seasons that God brings us through, brings you through, he brings me through, he brings we through. And in this season of ministry that we are in, uh, I've talked often about five stones. Uh, and that is, in a sense, our objective, our mission, our, our, our planning processes around those five stones. And, and they're so important to me. And I'm not going to go into all of those stones. But one of the things that I want to mention to you this morning and remind you of, because it's so dear to my heart, is, is um, the second mile internships. And I, I want to talk about that for just a moment because... Um, the reason that this is so big on my heart, there's a couple of reasons. I, I actually want to use the word generations uh, in this thought. Uh, to me, that maybe describes just a little bit better uh, what I want to express to you because this can't be done alone. This can't be done by one or two people. It takes all of us to do this. My dream, my goal, my vision is way bigger than what, where we are right now. We believe in starting before we're ready. We believe, by walk, we believe in walking by faith, not by sight. We're going to take steps to pursue something and to engage in something, even though we might not feel like we are equipped or ready. And part of the reason that this is so, I'm passionate about this is because uh, um, statistically the body of Christ has been upside, I call it upside down, as it relates to ministry. 
There are more ministers retiring and quitting ministry today than there are going into ministry. There are, there are smaller communities where uh, uh, churches have had to consolidate or where one pastor is visiting five different congregations. Uh, uh, there's a tremendous need in the body of Christ for ministers uh, uh, to go through a training process and to, and to uh, uh, enter into what I would call full-time ministry, whatever that ministry may look like or be. Not that everybody has to be a pastor. Well, that's true for lead pastors in churches, but it's more critical for what I would say next generation for children and for youth churches are having a hard time finding pastors uh, and uh, many of them are shrinking because of that but many times part of the reason they're shrinking is because there's nothing for kids there's nothing for youth or there's a few volunteers doing the very best they can with very limited resources and abilities I have a pastor friend who um, he's in his early 50s and all of his children's workers are over 70 now have nothing to do with age, has nothing to, but I do know this, I'm 65, and it's harder for me to get off the floor than it used to be. Amen? Anyone? I've gotten taller in my older age because I can't reach the floor very well. I used to have no problem. <laughs> so, 70-year-olds don't think like teenagers do. Most don't. Can I get an Amen. And how many of you 70, over 60 is like, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I don't want to think like they think. You know, though, I, can't, I get tired thinking about thinking how they might think. I didn't think I could say that again. But um, we, can do, we as a church can do something about that. Pastor Tim and Teresa have built a beautiful foundation. Pastor Steph is a part of that foundation and is, is leading in a way. Pastor Tommy does a great job. Uh, we've had two, two interns, Noah right over there. Noah, jeez. I'm so sorry. The other problem. Thank you. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I was on vacation. I'm blaming that. All right. Anyway, Isaiah uh, went through an internship, and he's, he's not only doing, but going to do tremendous, tremendous things. Lily is our second intern right over here. And, um, and yeah, give them all both a great big hand. Praise God. And... Uh, you know, Lily is, is, is getting an education, helping, doing a lot of things, also going to an online Bible school. We are endeavoring to train, and, and hopefully, actually, we, this is the harder part, is releasing them. Um, and, and we want to be a resource for churches to have great children's ministry. I have confidence that, that uh, Ezekiel or, or Noah or Elijah or whoever that kid is over there, I have great confidence that uh, one of the prophets over there of the Weeks family, uh, <laughs> uh, they could go in and do a great job on a Sunday morning. They could, ha- they could knock it out of the park. You and I get to be a part of that. And so, and so that, that's really important for us. And so something else in this family church that teaches people to reach their world that, that is really happening, and it's been a slow boil in a sense, but we're seeing it more and more, is what I would call second and third generation. Second and third generation. Now, we've got adults with children who are on ministry team, who were on ministry team as a part of this church. They are now raising, they were children being raised here who are now raising their children in this church. My dream has always been that this would not be just a, a, a one 
trick pony horse, that this would be a church of generations, that this church would last longer than I will be here. I hope to have my funeral here. Actually, I prefer to go to the rapture, but, you know, if that doesn't happen, I mean, that's just, you know, carry me out one day. And so um, when I think of a family church, this is what I think of Psalm 145, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. He is greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. One generation to the next. We're a church of generations where we have children, we have teens, we have young adults, middle-aged adults, and older adults. Us older adults are going to leave the stage at some point. What are we leaving? Many of my generation left churches that were traditional and refused to change. I don't want that to be the legacy of this church, that we refuse to change, and we liked how church was done in, in the 90s or the early 2000s, and now the kids want to do it differently. And now, you know, there's, I don't want there to be a generational fight. I want this to be a church of generations, that this generation expresses the image of God, the love of God, and the power of God to the next generation so that they can hang on to it, and then they can begin to have God working through them and ministering through them. And, and, and I want to show you this picture. Go ahead and put that next picture up if you would, please. This right here is, there's Lily. She's our intern right over here. And uh, she is uh, saying, all you kids be quiet. No, she's not actually doing that. <laughs> not exactly sure what she was teaching, but this is during vacation uh, Bible adventure. And as I mentioned, she's doing a great job. But what I really like is this next picture, because this, this next picture was taken in 2013. And, and, and that's little Lily there. And she's totally engrossed in the service. I'm pretty sure this was probably like a, a vacation Bible adventure kickoff, VBA, because I know that I was not preaching anything nearly that good, that she would be that engaged in whatever it was. Or, or maybe it was like, oh, when is he gonna? No, it doesn't look like a when is he going to be done face. That looks like a, I, I'm really enjoying this face. A young girl who was sitting right over here who saw something that ignited something on the inside of her, who's now taking steps of ministry to minister, not just to receive ministry, ministry but to minister to other people. And, and, and as I was looking at that and considering that over the last week or two, this phrase popped up. This has become a family church teaching people to reach their world. This has become. In the middle of that, amen. That's so exciting to me. I, I thank God for that. This has become the dream in 1991 when, when, you know, First John, beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him for we'll see him as he is. There's a lot of unknowns, but there are some things that we know, and one of them was that we would be a family church teaching people to reach their world, and we have become that in this day and time. So I'm so thankful and grateful. You know what? I just realized my clock's broken. I still have 37 minutes. I don't thank you for the, those two of you that don't have children in children's church. <laughs> All of our children's workers are over there going, what the heck? So I apologize for that, but yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, I got way more than, wow. I apologize. <laughs> all right. I don't even know what to do. All right, 
I'm going to whip through this very, very quickly. No, I'm not, I'm not going to try to do that. My heart's desire is for you to know what we do, how we do what we do. And um, I'm going to give you quickly five values that are going to guide us in this season that we're in. Number one, this is way down here, guys, so sorry about that. Five values that guide us. Number one, we over me. We over me. This church moves at the speed of we. There are things that we can do and can't do based on your involvement and willingness to use your gifts, your talents. Ministry here at Joy is done by teams. Pastor John mentioned a couple of needs that we have. Uh, And so we do ministry the way that we do ministry by teams. We believe that everybody can do more than somebody can. We preach, and, and, and you maybe have heard this, maybe this is new to you, but we preach involvement. Not, church is not a spectator sport. We value growth. We don't believe that Jesus shed his blood so that we would stay the same. Amen. We want to grow. We don't preach perfection. We encourage progress, steady growth. We believe in process over events. We play the long game. We're patient, full of grace. I have needed patience and I've needed grace in my life and I want this church and it is the heart of this church to extend that same grace and patience to others. Investment in the next generation or generations is is critical to this church. It is important for the older to teach the youngers. It is important for the elders to pave a way and, and to provide and to finance and to serve so that the younger can get an idea of what it actually means to be a church and to be a follower of Christ. We believe in, in, in excellence over perfection. Excellence is the gradual result of always trying to do better. As a church, we're going to grow and, and, and grow towards things. We're going to do things before we're ready to do them. We believe that we have the greatest story to tell and that that story must be told well. And so when we talk about those things, we talk about those values, that's what's guiding us, and that's some of the heart of this church. And I have several other really, really, really great things that I wanted to share with you that I just simply don't because of time. And I I apologize that I looked at this in totally the wrong way. Um, Acts chapter 8, verse 5 and 8, last scripture. Acts 8, 5, and 8. It says that David, I'm sorry, he didn't say that. <laughs> Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ. That was the message. And the reason that Christ was the message is because that's all there was. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was no church. They didn't go back to the Ten Commandments or the law. There was Jesus and him alone. That was it. And, and it says that with that message, that message of Christ... Talked about some different things. Miracles happened. All kinds of cool things were happening. And there was great joy in the city. My heart has always been that there would be great joy in central Minnesota. I believe that the world starts right here in central Minnesota. Yes, missions is, foreign missions is important. Other parts of the world are important. But you and I are not in other parts of the world. You and I are in this part of the world. And God has put us here. And as I've said many times, and I will say it again, and I will say it as long as God gives me breath to say it, I am a, I'm a regional manager of a worldwide organization whose goal is global domination. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But the gospel starts, the world starts right here. Every Sunday morning when you come to this place, this is a training ground. This is a place that you can come to, to hopefully be inspired, to hopefully be a part of, to hopefully minister to other people in such a way that we become that family church that teaches people and then go into our world and make 
a difference. Amen? So I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for serving. Thank you for giving financially. Thank you for prayer. We will be doing another week of prayer, one of our five stones. Uh, The things that we want to accomplish, they cannot be accomplished in our strength. They can only be accomplished in God's strength. We need his help. We need his help. We'll be doing another week of prayer right before Easter. You'll hear more about that. Would you join me? Please stand with me. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, it's so big. There's so much. The needs are so great. Father, the fields are white, ready for harvest. But Father, there's just not enough laborers. So Father, help us. Help us to respond, each one of us to respond to that call. Help each one of us to respond, Heavenly Father, to your calling in our lives that we would step into our world, that we would be light, that we would speak and bring life, that we would be dispensers of light and life and love and show your grace and your mercy to a world around us that so desperately needs something that is true, something that needs a world that needs something that is stable, that, that, that has life to it, that has meaning to it. That, Father, while people are wasting their lives on endeavors and aims that don't measure up to anything of your magnitude and greatness, help us, Father, to bring that light and life to other people around us. Oh, Father, grow us together. Help us to move rhythmically and easily with one another, Father, fully efficient and graceful and in response to what you've done in our life and allowing you to integrate our life and our gifts and our talents and our abilities together to produce something that is powerful here in central Minnesota through Joy Christian Center. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I pray that you would reward this congregation. Give them time. Give them space. Give them energy. Give them anointing. Give them grace, Heavenly Father, that they may run their race with patience and that they would fulfill it with great joy. Oh, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you've never been born again, but you're ready to take that step today, would you just lift your hand and let me pray with you? Just hold it. Yes, sir, thank you. Just hold your hand up real high just for a moment. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're a family church. We don't pray alone around here. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. I've raised my hand indicating today I accept you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. I believe today my sin is forgiven. I'm a new creation. I declare today You are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my my sin and putting a new life on the inside of me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these that have raised their hand. I pray, Father, once again that you would strengthen them, that you have begun a good work today on Sunday morning, February 11th, but you are going to complete it throughout their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you, Joy. Have an awesome Sunday. You can find us online at greatjoy.org and on Facebook and YouTube by searching Joy Christian Center. Thanks again for listening.